Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'll Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Okay. Happy Thursday. Happy and Thursday. happy wind down to everyone who is joining us for our happy hour segment. Yes. And to you, my friend. <laughs> and to you. We're yes. happy to have you. Uh, I can't help it. Every time I do this, I have that, like, I have to ease my voice and get <laughs> real calm. For some reason, I guess that's what I associate with happy hour. I don't know. <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, go grab your favorite beverage, whether it's a cocktail, a sparkling water, or coffee. And let's cheers to the almost end of the week. And I know... A lot of people's work schedule does not operate like that. And if your job is never ending, like parenting, we know this might be a small break to the continued hard work you're putting in, but hopefully you can take a break with us. Or perhaps you're like me and don't even freaking realize what day of the week it is. So there's that. (laughs) Well, also, we're not necessarily recording this on Thursday, peek behind the curtain. So actually... <laughs> Don't tell people. We're pretending. Uh, obviously, you already know. We've talked many times how we do record ahead of time, <laughs> just for all intent and purposes. But a quick reminder: these are not sponsored, and nope. we pick them because it is female-focused and often created and owned and controlled by women and gender non-binary folks, and are doing some amazing things. So, we just wanted to highlight their amazing work. Mm-hmm. And today, I'm going to go ahead and take a real quick sip, y'all. Don't bat me. <laughs> Mm. Out of my Last of Us 2 cup that I gave her. Yes, yes, it's true. You gave me a nice little uh, whiskey glass. Today, we wanted to walk down the history and history making of Uncle Nearest Whiskey. And yes, I am right now currently sipping out of the wonderful glass that you bought for me for Christmas. Mm Because mm-hmm. we have all bonded over The Last of Us 2. Even if I don't play video games, we've definitely bonded. It's an emotional situation. <laughs> it, it really was. <laughs> uh, but we are sipping on Uncle Nearest 1884 Small Batch Whiskey. And I will tell you, it is a delight. And though there are specific cocktails you can make from their site, and they look like really great recipes if you go check it out, I'm loving just the easy burning caramel goodness with a single ice cube. Me too. What about you, Annie? I was going to say. I've got the big square cube. You do? You go, oh, you got the fancy ones. We, we ran out, so we have the baby ones. So, But <laughs> oh. it, the smell of it is delightful. It really is just buttery, caramel, fresh. And honestly, it took me a long time to really appreciate and like whiskey. But this one was easy to get into. I don't know if I was prepared for it or something, but it definitely has made a claim and I could taste it. I can taste how thoughtful the process went in to creating this drink. But first, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you uh, if you're a whiskey person because as we've talked about in some episodes and some of these happy hours there is kind of a gendered aspect to a lot of alcohol to everything in in general but alcohol and I remember when I first started drinking liquor in college, I thought whiskey was the coolest. Yeah, of course. To drink. And I liked it. I always liked it. But I do think one of the reasons I chose it was because I thought it was cool and like, put hair on your chest, manly man drink. Right. And if I ordered it, then men would be like, oh, she can hold her liquor. And or you'd get really weird assumptions that you're like easy to sleep with. It was strange. Oh, that's interesting. So for me, whiskey was not a go-to. I am definitely a cocktail person and or a straight beer person like or 
I love red wine. So those are mm-hmm. kind of my go-tos and it's easier for me. I grew to appreciate whiskey and the barrel aging process. Still not a huge fan of scotch. Doesn't mean we're not going to try it. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think they're definitely, you can tell what is quality and what is eh. And the eh is like, uh, I'm good without it. I'll put that with some Diet Coke. I'm good. But for this level, yeah, I definitely appreciate it and definitely enjoy it and need batches and batches and batches of it. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) Well, it's interesting too because my grandparents love scotch. So I have like a family history with scotch. But also when I was writing this story, one of my main characters, she was um, an alcoholic and... I was like, I don't want her to drink whiskey because that's the go-to thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it does seem to be the thing that you see in entertainment where, you know, they're drinking something hard, then it's whiskey. But I went with Jen because her name is Jen and I thought it was funny. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we did want to talk about some history here. So of Uncle Nearest, not of what all we've been talking about. (laughs) Fawn Weaver is the CEO and founder of the Uncle Nearest Distillery. And what began as just a research writing project for her newest book turned into creating a business and a unique model within the alcohol industry. Her research not only took her to Lynchburg to interview descendants and do a deep dive in the local libraries, but also brought her to the place where the original whiskey was created. And by the way, she is actually a best-selling author and uh, is known as that and a historian. So she definitely took all of her gifts and made and created such a great brand. Yeah. Yeah, and after coming across an article mentioning Nathan Nearest Green, a former enslaved individual, she learned that he had a bigger part in the whiskey world than history gave him credit for at that time. Weaver took it upon herself to dig deeper and piece together the truth and uncover the legend of uh, Nearest Green. Green had been working under a distiller, uh, Reverend Call, on the Dan Call farm as a master distiller. And apparently the story goes that Reverend Call had been creating these whiskeys and then kind of was called out for being a part of this industry when he was, you know, a servant of the Lord. And so he kind of gave over the main job or a master distiller job to Nearest Green. And there it's also told that during that time, Jack Daniels, who was a child, came to that area in that farm and watched and was taught the tricks of the trade by Nearest Green and helped him create what is now known as Jack Daniels Whiskey. According to Weaver's statements, when reading the book Jack Daniels Legacy, Green and his family are mentioned throughout the story, giving him credit and helping to create his own whiskey. From there, she not only bought the farm that the original distillery was on, but she, after discussing the best way to honor Nearest Green with his descendants, started the Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey brand, making it the first spirit to commemorate an African-American, specifically the first known African-American master distiller on record. Right. And they have many a first, including the first African-American blender, Victoria Edie Butler, who happens to be the great-great-granddaughter of Nearest Green and creator of the award-winning 1884 small batch we are sipping on now and has continued to win many awards with her other blends. Apparently, when asked about it, because this was not her job, it just came natural to her. She just put together the flavors that she liked and created these amazing blends. And she is the master blender and maybe one of the first and possibly only African-American woman to earn this role. And Butler isn't the only woman on staff at this 
Distillery. Sherry Moore, who used to work at Jack Daniels, came out of retirement to be the director of whiskey productions. Kate Jerkins is a senior vice president of global sales and marketing. And let's also of note, the company has an all-minority executive board, which is also a first. And then when asked about how her staffing, she stated, quote, I didn't set out to hire an all-female executive team. I just set out to hire people who were the best. And I put together a team that was determined to buck every rule this industry has ever given us. And that's who I ended up with. And I love that. I love that comment. She was yeah. like, yeah, I just got the best. And they just happen to be women. And I, we celebrate that. Absolutely. And Weaver is going beyond just one history-making distillery, but pushing change and bringing diversity and change within the entire industry. She teamed up with the Jack Daniels Distillery to create a three-pronged initiative to increase diversity within the whiskey industry. Through the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, they will be creating the Nearest Green School of Distilling at Motlow State Community College, which is awaiting approval from the Tennessee Board of Regents. Yeah, it should be possibly up and running in 2021, so this year sometime. And uh, looking at that even broader scope to bring about a larger and faster impact, they will be, quote, developing a pipeline of women and people of color in the distilling business, creating programs that help African-American startups and spirits business succeed so much more can follow and helping put more African-Americans and people of color into leadership roles. And I think it's so amazing as I was reading this, and there's so much to be said because actually they're talking about it becoming a movie, uh, bigger than a book. Like there's a whole lot of conversation about what this story meant. And I know when I first heard about them, I was like, okay, I have to find this whiskey first of all because it's a big thing that the conversation was, what happened? Why weren't they credited? Who took it? Did they steal it? But according to her, when she was reading this book, it credits Nearest Green more so than his own family. It talks about how it kind of took him under his wing and taught him these ways. And he learned the finer points of distillery and whiskey making. And I love that this woman who was not even in that field Mm-hmm. found something that made her passionate and pushed forward and created this brand that mm-hmm. is a phenomenal brand and really freaking good whiskey. Like, it's hard enough to create a whole new a career path, but to do it in a way that you are flourishing and almost outstripping others, that's a goal. And it she did it so quickly. Like, it went from, I believe, 2017 to now and how it's created. And, and they're looking at beyond and already looking at how to impact the industry and make change, especially when it comes to the diversity within that industry. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really great story. And I can totally see why they're, honestly, why they're talking like movies and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And um Yeah, there are so many people and marginalized people and women who have been left out of these stories in the whiskey world and alcohol at large. And, and, you know, we did a history of whiskey and scotch over on Sabre. And we talked about some of them, but yeah, there's so many to uncover there. It's, yeah, this is amazing how quickly. I love that it was just sort of a history project and then it became a distillery. Right, right. (laughs) I love that they went back to the origins. And she even talked about the fact that during this time when she was researching, of course, it was during the Trump administration and coming to Lynchburg, Tennessee, which we know has a lot of history there and a lot of divide in that area. She came in wanting to know the story and even collaborating with descendants of Jack Daniels. Uh, And it was a really interesting thing as she was delving and interviewing and getting more of the records and being able to sit down with the descendants and being able to have this conversation about what did this look like? Who was this person? And how can we keep 
talking about the story, so it's not erased. And uh, their website is really cool. They have some pictures of uh, Nearest Green in there as a part of the distillery and then the old distillery and what it looked like. I also love the origin of the fact that it started, of course, with a religious man making damn fine whiskey. You know what I mean? And it was known far and wide. When I say far and wide, I believe like South Carolina and Mississippi, you know? So, I mean, for that point in time, it's wonderful. And then, of course, there's also a deeper history in which how Nearest Green got there and to the fact that that necessarily uh, not everyone were slave owners and had uh, enslaved people on their uh, property but they were leased out to them, which is kind of gross in itself. But of course, just the bigger story of being able to be a part of it and being the master distiller and being respected as a crafter, that that's a phenomenal story. Of course, hopefully we're not romanticizing it, but it is an accomplishment and a feat that we should be talking about, as well as the fact that celebrating, man, this is really good whiskey. (laughs) It is. It is. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, we did kind of want to talk about some of the tasting notes and the uh, all of that. The appearance of it is light amber in color, and it is very light, very golden, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really beautiful. The smell and the aroma, they write as uh, ripe with toasted wood and honey, and I definitely can get that. Like It, it almost feels like it's toasted bread. Oh, with, yeah. with a little bit of honey on it. Like I could definitely, and butter, because there's a buttery aspect to it. And then the flavor taste palette is a lighter bodied spirit with vanilla and brown butter notes and a light burn at the back palette. And I said that, I think this is one of the things, the first thing I said when I drank some of this, I was like, oh my God, it's burning, but in a good way. (laughs) And I like it. (laughs) That's a great review. It burns, but in a good way. (laughs) Right? I was like, it's so like refreshing. The burn is refreshing because it ends with that like sweet, almost toasted vanilla almond taste to me. I think. And I love that. And then it says the finish is crisp and lightly dry, which, yeah, it definitely adds a little bit of the dryness to it at the end, but then you kind of keep reaching for more. <laughs> Drink responsibly. We always Drink forget to say that at the top. We should add a note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll hopefully, well, who knows uh, how far they get into it. But yes, drink responsibly. But yeah, and by the way, this brand is available in all 50 states and uh, you should be on the lookout for new releases. So Annie, yeah, what do you taste? How do you feel about this? Uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said, I think. Um, I really taste the vanilla mm-hmm. and something about it reminds me of honeysuckle, which I've actually just been thinking about oh. honeysuckle lately, so maybe that's why. But Because I feel like normally whiskey is sort of a cold night drink, but that makes me feel spring. Oh, yeah. Walks I I used to go on with my mom and we would get honeysuckle from the vines. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about drinks and food in general is that we do have these like connective memories that come back to us when we try things. So that's what it's making me think of. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I love those memories. But yeah, so they have three different whiskeys on their website, which is the 1820 Single Barrel Edition, 1856 Premium Aged Whiskey, and what we have, the 1884 Small Batch. And yeah, they've won many awards and gold medals for their whiskey, definitely earned. And on the back of the bottle, if you actually get the bottle, you'll see the signature of the Master Blender. And for this one, it is Victoria Edie Butler. And it's pretty awesome to see her signature on that back. And just her story alone. I love that uh, Weaver brought in his family and made sure they were a focal point mm-hmm. in the story, in this distillery. And I think that's also very on par with her following through with saying, I want this to be about 
who he was and honoring him. And there's nothing better than to honor him but through his family. And it's even better that she is that good at her job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And apparently the initial project was like, they were going to have different family members create their own, but Butler was so good at it. They were just like, all right, you're the master distiller. <laughs> you're the blender. You're amazing. You know, like, so I yeah. love all of that. And I love that the story is getting bigger. And, and yeah, that they are a part of an initiative to bring up others. As it should be. Yes, very much needed. I'm glad that it is happening. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to the brand as well as Weaver for all of the good things that they are doing. And I'm excited to see all the brands and all of the new products that come from it. Yes. And and cheers to you listeners and to all the people doing amazing things to uplift others. We always love hearing those stories from you. So if there's a story you want to highlight in these, let us know. If there's a beverage you want us to highlight, if there's a cocktail, just whatever you're sipping on, even if you just want to share it, uh, we would love to know. We hope that you've enjoyed taking a relaxing moment with us. Yes. Thank you yes. for sitting with us. Yes. And we will see. Or whatever see- you're doing. Yeah, whatever you're doing. And we'll, we'll catch you in the next happy hour. If you would like to email us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Cheers. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 